Whether you're checking out the latest KW restaurant or filling in an early elections ballot, there's no shortage of things to do if you're in town this week. Today, we'll be discussing the advent of local cooking shows and how to do your civic duty. Hello, Laurier. This is the podcast. So this is going to be the first edition. I'm your host, Brielle. Here's a rundown of what happened in our news section this week. On February 1st, Tariq Plummer officially was elected Wilfrid Laurier University's newest student union president and CEO. In recognition of Mental Health Week, the province of Ontario and Hillary M. Western Scholarship recognized the efforts of two graduate students, including third-year Laurier PhD candidate Jennifer Scarborough for their work on mental health research. May is also Sexual Assault Prevention Month, and in lieu of this, the Ontario Undergraduate Student Alliance has released a journal entitled Shared Perspectives, a joint publication on campus sexual violence prevention and response. The federal government's aim to legalize marijuana by the summer of 2018 may be delayed due to negotiations regarding First Nations and tax sharing. So today I'm joined by some members of our editorial board to discuss this week's court issue. Can you guys introduce yourselves, so just your names and your positions? Yep, I'm Emily Waitson, and I am the opinion editor. And I'm Michael Oliveri, and I'm the arts and life editor. Awesome. Thanks for coming on to the podcast. Um, Michael, can you give us a quick summary of an article in the arts and life section this week? Yeah, sure. So one of the articles I wrote this week uh, was about uh, two guys named Nick and Taylor, um, and these two are the, the duo behind a uh, popular online food show called Nick and Taylor Make a Food Show. Um, and so this week um, I interviewed Nick and I wrote uh, covering the show, trying to understand why they're making the show, and then also broader kind of themes in the, uh, in the food and restaurant scene in KW. Awesome. Um, so we're just going to play a little excerpt from the interview that Michael did with Nick Benninger from Nick and Taylor. And he just explains here why they decided to start their own TV show. Hi there, is this Nick? Yeah. Hi Nick, it's Michael from The Court. How are you doing? Hey Michael, good, how are you? Good, good. So my first question for you is, uh, when did Nick and Taylor Make a Food Show start? So we came up with the idea in September. Um, we did a little food, we did a, like the episode one, which is the commando kitchen party in the street. Um, we did that as sort of just a one-off and a fun thing to do. Um, and then when we posted it on the interwebs, the response was just really strong and people seemed to really dig it. So we thought that there was a need for uh, such a thing, a locally made food show. So we decided to give it a try. And we started recording probably by the end of that month, maybe end of September, October. Awesome. Um, and was there, uh, you said it was just you, the, the first episode seemed like a kind of fun one-off thing. Were there other reasons why you wanted to make the show? Just, I mean, it was fun. I mean, uh, like, it, like, like, there seemed to be a need for it or a calling for it. So we thought, you know, people would watch this. And then from both of our standpoints, I mean, Taylor's in a position where he's just sort of, 
constantly creating content and putting it out there. So I think from his point of view, he was happy to sort of take on another challenge and take on one that was food-based. And from my point of view, I mean, I own and operate a few restaurants in town. So like, even if the show was just locally successful with a few people watching it, um, it's good for my, it's good for my career and my businesses from that point of view. And then from a deeper point of view, um, you know, who knows where it can go. Um, and it could go somewhere where we actually get paid someday. It would be wonderful. Um, and then the, the real, like the sort of philosophical reason was just that there's, um, there's a need for it in town and there's so many great restaurants and food establishments and grocery stores and unique things about uh 519 area code sort of food scene the kw food scene um that aren't sort of told and we think that kw folks are um proud but they're a bit shy about it and we have this sort of like off the 401 complex where people don't come to kw and if you tell people you're from kw they reference something uh cliche like blackberry or oktoberfest and so rarely does it have anything to do with sort of uh real legitimate cultural things like food and drinks so michael i know you're from around the kw area right i'm yes i'm from cambridge so have you tried any of nick's restaurants i have um out of the four that he owns i've been to two then a harmony lunch and uh i've been to marbles yeah okay any comments any comments <laughs> um marbles was uh, i went there for my uh my girlfriend took me there for my 20th uh birthday dinner celebration kind okay, of thing cool. and they have quite possibly the best burger i've ever had it's called the burgerplex 5000 and i think that's a fabulous name for a burger um i had a great time there yeah nice nice and emily have you been to any of nick's restaurants or any other restaurants in kw that you would recommend um i've been to marbles i agree with michael they have great food there i really like the atmosphere too it's a great date spot or a place to take anyone for their birthday like michael was taken there um, there's a lot of great places in KW that you can go to. Um, I think it's one of the most undervalued aspects of living in Kitchener-Waterloo. Mm. Um, my current favorite has been uh, the Princess Cafe. They have the best mm. sandwiches I've ever had. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely going to check out more of the options that were included in that episode. Mm. I actually just watched an episode this morning and I really liked it. Yeah. I, and I've seen a few episodes. I think the way I stumbled upon it is somebody tagged me in one of the episodes on Facebook, and then I just kind of started watching other episodes, and yeah, it's good fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I just started watching it as well. It seems it seems like a really good way to showcase the KW area. I'm not usually into like shows that are about local news, mm-hmm. um, so this was this was very interesting. Nick also mentioned that he had started making the show because a lot of people got asked... Um, when they got asked what they thought about KW, they didn't, I guess, really have a good answer. Like, the two main answers were, is known for Blackberry and Oktoberfest. So he really thought that he wanted to showcase what else KW had to offer. So keeping that in mind, um, I wanted to ask you guys, what do you think about when you think about KW? When I think of KW, I, it's, well, it's, I've grown up here, so it's been mm-hmm. my home my whole life. So I like the smaller aspects of it that make me... Um, I would say content like that are comfortable like I love Waterloo Park I love Victoria Park um I'm trying to think of other little areas what like down like uptown Waterloo is just such a nice place to go shopping I mm-hmm. like the little 
nux of the cities that make it what it is and mm -hmm. I think those are kind of overlooked aspects when you think of something like Blackberry or Oktoberfest and I think those are the things that people should check out more and engage with more. I'm in the same boat as Emily. I um, I uh, raised here, so I've lived here almost my entire life, mm -hmm. uh, and I have a lot of good associations. Uh, like in Cambridge, I associate with being home, and then there's a lot of great places in Kitchener and Waterloo that I love spending time in, uh, like Uptown, like Waterloo Park, and all these great places. Uh, but I feel like when you're you're raised and you're so familiar with the place, you can associate things with good and bad. Um, like Cambridge uh, sometimes <laughs> but for the most part I think there's um, there's a number of great places around. I guess I'm a little bit different from you guys. I grew up in Ottawa so it's pretty yeah, different big from difference. Yeah, yeah big difference big difference from KW um, and when I first came here for university I tended to stick like very much around uh, the university yeah, plaza. I think that's and, common, yeah. yeah but lately I've realized that there's actually a lot more that KW has to mm -hmm. offer so mm -hmm. I kind of wish I'd started exploring the area yeah. a little earlier um, than my fourth year of university. But. <laughs> so let's move on to another article that appeared in the opinion section of the paper this week. It was called Casting Your Vote in the Selection Shouldn't Be a Debate. And I think, Emily, you actually wrote that? Yes, I did. So can you give us a quick rundown of what that piece is about? Um, so basically I wrote about why I think it's incredibly important, especially for younger people our age, to be voting in this election. Um, I, I don't really think there's much of an excuse if you're able to vote to not vote just because every vote makes a difference and it matters and we should care about these politicians and what they want to bring for our province. And I guess just to give like a little bit of information to students who don't necessarily know how to vote or they should be voting, do you guys know when the voting period is? It's from May 10th to June 6th. Um, basically, if you live outside of the province for whatever reason, like if you're mm -hmm. studying abroad, for example, Michael's girlfriend and my good friend Maddie um, is living abroad right now in England and she already cast her vote. So that's one of the reasons why I think there's absolutely no excuse for you not to vote, no especially excuse. if you live here. Yeah. Um, and I know a great concern with a lot of university students is like, how do I go about voting, especially if I live on campus or... Um, I didn't get like a voter card in the mail and luckily we are um, at an advantage because the website um, Elections Ontario has all the information regarding that mm -hmm. and it's very close by you can vote on the day it's not going to be a big deal and it shouldn't take too long either awesome awesome and what should they be doing before they go out and vote um, I would say if you're not sure about who you're going to vote for or what um, each of the candidates is going to bring um, definitely look online and read their platforms that all the information you should um, need will be there and I also find it very helpful to watch the debates that have gone on just because then you get to see what they're like in person what they really care about and what they are fighting for mm -hmm. so I would say those are the main things that I would look for awesome yeah I think one of the things that I used to do um, I guess the last election which was mm -hmm. the first one I was able to vote for yeah. um, I really like to just like look on social media and read other people's opinions on it but I find yeah. that that's not necessarily like the best approach to take because mm -hmm. you're missing a lot of the platform points so would really encourage everyone to go out um, read the platforms and to go vote I wanted to end this segment with a little bit of a lightning round about the candidates mm -hmm. to see if you guys knew um, if you guys knew who you're voting for and the other candidates that are available so don't read the answers I know they're on this okay. sheet I'll ask the question and I guess you guys can just like go back and forth go back and forth okay. and I'll let you know Sounds if, good. if uh, it's the right answer okay 
absolutely Donald Trump respects women. There's millions of women that have voted for him. So all these women are dumb? I don't think so. Who do you think said that? I'm going to take a wild guess here and say it was Doug Ford. Okay. <laughs> what about you? I... It's, it's a really tough one. Uh-huh. Really hard to narrow this one yeah. down, but uh, I would have to agree with Emily on this one. Okay, ding, ding, ding. That's right. Whose platform slogan is changes for the better? Uh, I'm going to say my girl, Andrea Horwath. <laughs> Emily seems to have done her research, and I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and agree with her on this one as okay. well. Okay. Um, who said this quote? I do not believe that the people of Ontario judge their leaders on the basis of race, sexual orientation, color, or religion. I don't believe they hold that prejudice in their hearts. Um, Kathleen Wynne? Okay. Yeah, oh, Kathleen Wynne. Wonderful. Okay, I assumed it was. Which of the Ontario leaders is campaigning on a promise to quickly balance the books and keep them that way? I mean, that sounds like a very uh, Tory thing to say, so I'm going to go with conservatives. Yeah, I think Doug Ford. Yep, it's Doug Ford. <laughs> and last one, which party has made no changes to corporate taxes in their most recent budget? Liberals? Yep, it is the Liberals. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I wasn't sure. Awesome. So you guys are pretty well informed. Hopefully everyone who is following along also got those answers. Okay, so to end out our pod, I thought it would be cool for us to answer this week's vocal cord question. So this week, the question was, what is the most important issue for candidates to address this election season? Um, for me, it's a combination of things. It's hard for me to narrow it down to just one thing. Um, healthcare is extremely important to me, especially with making uh, medicine affordable for people like students and obviously older people. And um, as someone in university, I also care a lot about making um, tuition more affordable and cutting down on costs for just general living, because I think those are the main things that affect us as students. Um, I agree with Emily. It's a combination of things, but if I had to pick one, I would probably say um, minimum wage. Because as students, a lot of us, I mean, most of us, if we're going to be working, we're going to be working minimum wage jobs. So I I think it's important to consider whether or not we value having an increase in the minimum wage or not. And that's certainly a question that's important to me this, uh, this election. That takes us to the end of the podcast. Thank you, Michael and Emily, for joining me here for a chat today. And thank you for all of those who tuned in to listen. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email us at cordcast at thecord.ca. Okay, have a great week. Thank you to the staff and volunteers at Radio Laurier and Blue Slip for helping to make this program happen. Our music was provided by Steve Dave Perlman.